Hi, everybody. It's Mathia Ford with Renal Diet HQ, and we're going live again today um, to talk about the five easy food eating tweaks that you can make to decrease inflammation in your body and improve your kidney disease. So um, I want to welcome you all into the live stream, or if you're watching this later, I want to say thanks for joining me. Feel free to make any comments in the comment field, um, and I will try to reply. And then I'll also check and um, see if there's any additional comments uh, before I finish. So I'll be checking that throughout the um, event, but let's start with talking about, I want to remind you what we talked about yesterday um, was inflammation in your body and how to recognize it and how to know that it's affecting you. So inflammation in your body is um, a strain on your system. It is your body reacting to an invasion, something that it thinks is foreign that it needs to protect you from. So inflammation can be a good thing in an acute you know, phase. So what is an acute, there's acute and chronic inflammation. So acute inflammation is something like a puncture wound where you get some redness, you get some swelling, you may have pain, there's a little bit of heat associated with it. And that happens very quickly and it will cause you to have a um, redness in that area. But then over a couple of days, it heals up. That was your body saying, hey, we're going to attack this foreign invader, get rid of it. And we're going to go forward with helping you to feel better. Um, chronic inf inflammation is a bad thing. So acute inflammation can be a good thing. Chronic inflammation is almost always a bad thing. So think about the inflammation that I just talked about. It can be in your body internally without it necessarily showing on the outside. So you can have pain, redness, swelling, heat in different parts of your body. For example, your gut or your, um, yesterday my example was your teeth. So in your gums, if you have gum disease or you have an infected tooth, um, that can have redness, inflammation, swelling, heat, pain. Um, and if you have that for a long time, it chronically is an infection that's not dealt with and your body starts to um, kind of feel run down and fatigued because it's constantly trying to fight this infection and help you out and protect you. <laughs> but it wears down other parts of your system. So um, it makes your body potentially weaker over time. So chronically having infection, inflammation is not a good thing. So what, how does that affect your kidneys? And I talked about this a little bit yesterday, but um, the additional toxins in your blood that are from your kidneys not filtering um, properly, whether it's uremic toxins, which are related to the additional protein that is not being able to be filtered, or it's a blood pressure, or it's um, having any sort of um, gut inflammation, all those things cause your body to have an immune response. That immune response is typically inflammation. And then the problem is, is that when it doesn't heal, it doesn't improve, then the inflammation continues. Um, 
when you have a diet high in refined grains or you're limiting whole grains, you're limiting vegetables and fruit because of the diet that you've been instructed on, then um, that can limit antioxidants, fiber, healthy fats. And so all those things can lead to more inflammation because your gut is not um, improving. Um, you may not realize it, but your gut is about 70% of your body's immune response. So your gut actually generates white blood cells. It creates, helps you defend against um, all different kinds of invasions. Uh, <laughs> when you eat food, you have a light, you have a little barrier that's very, uh, it's microscopic, but it protects you from you know, foods that are not necessarily healthy for you. And so your body has this barrier and when it um, gets certain foods in there, it can um, cause that barrier that's normally pretty, pretty impermeable to start to come apart. And then these bigger particles can go through, get into your bloodstream. Those bigger particles that are um, larger proteins, your body is like, this is not supposed to be here. So even though it, it's not necessarily a foreign invasion to your body, it is. So your body sees that as foreign particles, starts the inflammatory response, and that happens kind of throughout your body. So um, you get your elevated acid levels in your blood because of the kidneys not properly filtering. You get um, dental issues. Again, like I talked about, those can cause inflammation throughout your body. Um, and there's lots of medications, which if you have kidney disease, you may be on multiple medications that can affect your body's ability to, um, your liver's ability to filter. So you may have, take longer to, to remove, um, drugs from your body and remove, you know, there's a normal amount of, um, removal process that is expected. And if you can't remove those medications and those drugs, detoxify them quickly or how normally they are, then your body is going to um, start seeing some effects from that. So um, current treatment for kidney disease for most things is focused on symptoms not necessarily improving your immune system or reducing your immune response. Um, it's not necessarily something that doctors even address your immune response or your inflammation. Um, one of the ways that they can test inflammation. So I just described to you kind of um, some examples of inflammation in your body, but if you want to know, like, do I actually have an elevated level of in inflammation? There's a blood test called the CRP, which is C-reactive protein. We use that a lot in hospitals with like um, patients to determine if their body's initial response is calming down. So it's the CRP test and it shows the level of inflammation in your body. So you could actually have that done. I don't know how much it costs and I don't know that that's even necessarily important in this case because really what you're, what you're wanting to do, your body's already in inflammation state because of kidney disease. So even stage three kidney disease, you're starting to see some limitations in your kidneys abilities to filter. So that means you're starting to have some toxins build up in your blood. So you want to do the things that you can to reduce the inflammation in your body 
it's not necessarily going to 100% go away, but reducing that inflammatory response is going to help your body to do everything else better. So again, the big, big um, factor in your immune response is your gut permeability or your intestinal permeability. Um, those tightly connected, you know, like I said, the gut is usually tightly connected. It's a very thin layer, but it's um, a layer that your body basically uses to protect you. So you actually have bacteria in your gut that just stay in your gut. They actually produce vitamin K. Um, it produces some healthy um, short chain fatty acids. Um, it feeds on the fiber in the foods and the healthy foods. So you can actually feed your gut healthy food and have that bacteria that's growing in there grow in a healthy way, or you can feed your gut unhealthy food and produce more of the unhealthy um, bacteria. So anyway, um, <laughs> so you allow, when you have gut permeability, you're allowing those proteins to get through into the bloodstream. The body sees that as a foreign body. It mounts a response. So they call that kind of leaky gut. And um, the more that you have inflammation in your body, the harder it is for your, um, the easier it is for your gut to be leaky, so to speak, and let those through. So there's some things that affect intestinal permeability. Permeability is just the ability for um, all different kinds of things to be absorbed. So normally, your normal intestinal permeability is for, you know, the things that need to be absorbed into your blood to be absorbed. So your blood is on one side and your food is on the other. And as it's broken down through your intestine, the little pieces, the amino acids and the protein, the water, the fats, the um, carbohydrate, which is broken down into glucose, is absorbed into your bloodstream, goes throughout your body. Normally those small particles, that's what happens. As your gut becomes more permeable, you get those larger particles, which causes that immune response. So things that affect your gut permeability are things like diet, alcohol, medications. Some medications can affect it, antibiotics, um, if you take antibiotics on a regular basis, you're not replenishing, you're not allowing that gut bacteria to grow that is healthy for you. And um, so therefore it will allow reproduction of more of the not helpful bacteria. Having chronic inflammation leads to more gut permeability, um, stress, going through chemo, and an imbalance in your gut bacteria as your gut um, helps. So. The things that I want to talk to you about today that can help decrease your inflammation in your body. Um, managing your blood sugar. So if you're diabetic and you have elevated blood sugar levels, you're not uh, you're not controlling it as well. Even if even if you're doing pretty good control, you still can have some inflammation. But the better control that you have over your diabetes, your blood sugar levels, the um, lower that you have in inflammation. So I'll explain it to you kind of a little bit better. Um, so your body has a certain pH, a certain amount of blood sugar that it's used to. So when you have elevated blood sugar, your insulin goes up and starts moving that um, glucose from the bloodstream into the cells to get to that normal blood sugar level. 
when you constantly have an elevated blood sugar level, your body's working overtime trying to get that blood sugar down. And then um, that also produces, causes it to be out of homeostasis. So your homeostasis level, you're constantly trying to get back to, so your body's reacting and it causes um, a more inflammatory response. Um, so that can cause homeos that can cause inflammation. So obviously one of the things I talk about all the time is if you're diabetic, you need to get your diabetes under control as a big part of controlling your kidney disease. And that is one of the reasons you're reducing that inflammation in your body. You're helping your body to maintain homeostasis. Um, so number two, and this one can be kind of, um, something that people aren't always sure about, but one, two of the bigger um, foods that can cause inflammation it are gluten and dairy. So reducing the amount of gluten that you're eating, reducing the amount of um, dairy that you're eating, you can even do like a 30 day gluten-free, dairy-free test. So you take, you know, you get rid of those food products out of your diet for 30 days, see how you feel. And then you do kind of what's um, back to a um, bringing it back into your diet and seeing how it makes you feel. So regardless of whether or not you're considered gluten intolerant or, you know, celiac or anything like that, gluten can cause um, gut inflammation in some people. So it's a big test to take those two items out of your diet for 30 days and then um, bring them back and see how you make it makes you feel. You bring them back a little bit at a time. You bring them back one at a time and you test it. So um, the big caveat I want to say to this is going from a regular diet that is highly refined, highly sugar, you know, highly low protein, low fiber diet to a gluten-free, low-fiber, highly refined diet is not going to help you. Um, you also want to make sure that you're um, doing, which is number three of my list, is to make sure that you're getting plenty of fiber and eating, um, increase your intake of fruits and vegetables. So whole fruits and vegetables and eating a variety of those you will see an improvement due to the additional fiber and the additional antioxidants. So the big um, pushback I get on this is I can't have fruits. I can't have all fruits and vegetables because of potassium. So the guidelines say that unless your potassium is elevated in your blood, that you don't have to restrict the amount of potassium you eat. So I talk about this a lot, but one of the things that happens is the nurse hands you a list of foods you can't eat. And um, while that's very easy for them to do, in my mind, it makes your life a lot harder because if your potassium is not elevated, if your phosphorus is not affected yet, you still need to be eating a variety of fruits and vegetables to continue to get those antioxidants, to continue to get that fiber. You don't need to be restricting eating only white bread, no fiber, no, no whole grains. Eating whole grains, eating um, fruits and vegetables is going to help you reduce the inflammation. And that is going to slow the progression of kidney disease. So you're actually 
potentially causing more problems with your kidney disease by cutting out all these fruits and vegetables and eating a very um, low fiber diet early on in kidney disease. Stage four, stage five, if you've been told that your potassium level is elevated, then yes, you need to limit on potassium amount that you take in, but you still need to try to get that variety and get your fruits um, and vegetables in there. So um, just make sure though that you're not eating, you know, the refined, in a way eating the refined grains and the limited diet actually hurts your progression or increases, you know, your risk of progressing more quickly with kidney disease. So therefore, it's really important that you follow and try to get a bigger variety in your diet. Um, number four is to exchange some animal proteins for plant proteins. So going to a more plant-based diet is going to help you to have a um, lower inflammatory level. It's just a fact that animal proteins can cause more inflammation in your diet, in your body. Now, I'm not telling you you have to become a vegetarian or even a vegan, but what I'm saying is try to change out some of those animal proteins for plant proteins. The good thing about plant proteins, you're gonna tell me probably that they have more potassium, more phosphorus. Um, it's a well-known fact that the phosphorus amounts in beans and legumes and animal products and sorry, plant products are not um, absorbed as well. So the phosphorus amount that is natural, that is in plant products, um, plant-based products that's naturally occurring does not get absorbed as well. It's absorbed at about a 50% level, you know, of the amount. So if you have a hundred grams, you absorb only 50 in a plant-based. If you have added phosphorus, if they are, you know, inorganic, if they're adding phosphorus, like in diet Cokes or sodas, dark colored sodas, that is absorbed at like 90%. So eating more plant-based helps your renal diet because you don't absorb as much potassium and phosphorus. You don't absorb as much phosphorus. Um, you're usually getting more fiber and you need to eat more, um, less refined, more whole foods. So you can do that by um, increasing the amount of plant protein that you're getting in your diet. Um, you're already needing to limit as a CKD, you know, stage three, stage four, stage five, you're already trying to manage or reduce the amount of protein that you're taking in. Um, so, Eating plant-based, you usually get more fiber, you get more full with those foods. And you don't have to go completely, you know, <laughs> 100%. And if somebody in your family doesn't want, you know, if you've got to work with your spouse, talk to your spouse or talk to your significant others, your family about it. Um, try doing it like one day a week. Just start with that. Or try making meals where you can substitute out. So if you made, for example, tacos. Um, if you made taco meat and you made some beans, you as a, um, kidney disease patient could eat just beans on your taco, you know, instead of adding meat or adding less meat to it. And everybody else in the family, whoever wanted to, could have that meat from the tacos. Sorry, got to do a little drink. Um, so just think about ways that you can add more plant protein 
to your diet. Um, the last one I want to talk to you about is to consider supplements like a vitamin D K supplement, a vitamin D and K supplement, and um, in combination, and consider some probiotics to help um, your kidneys, to help your gut health. So probiotics are going to have that healthy bacteria that are going to replace that bacteria that you maybe have lost with taking antibiotics or not eating as healthy. So eating, pro taking probiotics, not going to hurt you. And then vitamin D and K, one of the first things in your health that's affected, which may not even be something that your doctor measures. Um, but if you do my course on labs on my website, you'll see that one of the first thing that's affected is um, vitamin D levels. So vitamin D, you know, you absorb it through your skin or you take it through a medication, your kidneys are what converts that vitamin D into the active form. A lot of times people have um, issues with getting that converted because your kidneys have less capacity. So taking more vitamin D helps you to make sure that you're getting more um, use in your body. And vitamin D is related to bone health and gut health and lots of other health. It's, it's even related to um, uh, depression. So it's the sunlight vitamin. Um, so if you go to this link, there is a, um, I have a basically a recommended um, plan. Let me see if I can share my. So on this, I kind of have the um, vitamin D3 and K2 that I recommend. It's the recommended amount and you would take one per day and you can have your doctor test your vitamin D level. Um, but it's just recommended in a lot of kidney patients to take vitamin D um, and vitamin K kind of goes with vitamin D to help it. This mega spore biotic is um, a very good healthy biotic for a uh, probiotic for people to, and it's mega spore means basically when you take it, you ingest it, um, then your body, it gets, it's in spore based. So it gets through the acid of your stomach and goes into your small intestine where it's, um, it digests and goes into um, the bacteria and, and becomes more healthy bacteria for your gut, small intestine, large intestine. Um, turmeric is an anti-inflammatory uh, spice. And if you wanna use more turmeric in your um, diet, that would be great. Um, but you can also use turmeric and this turmeric has what's it's called black pepper. So you need black pepper or fat. It really helps you to absorb turmeric a lot better. Um, so you can, you can take this daily. It helps with inflammation. It helps with some joint pain. Um, and then this, um, pro omega 2000, that's the fish oil that I personally take. Um, but fish oil can help a lot with inflammation as well um, to help you to feel better and to have a little bit um, that omega-3 vitamin E can help a lot. 
So those are just some simple things that I recommend. If you go to that website, um, there's a discount off the retail price for those. And um, those are the things that I recommend. And also a renal multivitamin um, if you want to kind of um, balance it all, all the way out. So um, I just want to kind of cap this off with talking to you for a minute about the fact that your GFR your EGFR, your glomerular filtration rate, um, it can improve with an anti-inflammatory diet. So if you do the things that I talked about, um, eating more plant protein, eating more fruits and vegetables, um, limiting your um, managing your blood sugar, and potentially taking these supplements like vitamin D, vitamin K, probiotic, all those things, all of those together can help you reduce your or improve your GFR. You actually want it to be higher. And um, number two, it will help slow the progression of your kidney disease. Even if you're on dialysis, you can take those vitamins. Um, I would certainly talk to your doctor. But if you're on dialysis, because you may be on a lot of other medications and you may already be on a vitamin D supplement if you're on dialysis, but talk to them about if you can take those things. Typically for vitamin, for um, CKD3, 4, 5, prior to dialysis, these are okay because they are not going to um, be affected by a lot of, it's going to help you improve your health. So think about those five things I talked about and just think about what's easy to change first. So um, think about, can I have um, a meatless meal every week? Or can I start taking a probiotic? Or can I start taking vitamin D? If you feel uncomfortable about it, have your doctor check your vitamin D level. But um, again, vitamin D is one of the first things affected by kidney disease, even in stage two, but especially stage three is where it starts, helps with your bone health. Um, if you want the link to my uh, course on lab values that basically explains kind of <laughs> how your kidneys work and how the lab values are, what your lab values mean, so that when your doctor gives you your lab values that it will, um, you'll understand what they mean and you can ask them better questions. I can put that in the link below, but feel free to um, ask any comments. I don't see any comments. I'm going to look on Facebook real quick because sometimes they don't come through on the software. Um, so let me see. I'm not seeing any comments. I thank you guys for your time today for listening. Um, let's see if there's any comments. Not seeing any comments. So feel free to leave a comment below the video after you're uh, done watching or while you're watching. If you have a question, um, go over to the look at the uh, vitamins that I've recommended and um, let me know any questions you have. Thanks for listening today. Um, head on over to the website if you have um, want to sign up for, we have a meal plan that's a week meal plan that's a freebie. And uh, I look forward to talking to you guys again soon. Thanks.